Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Vigilantes Radio. Thank you guys again for always tuning in and being a part of our audience family. Well, tonight's episode is the Sharon Summers interview, and I'm your host, Dini Mussolini. I won't say your lovely host, but I'm, yeah. Anyway, it's cool, though. And straight up, the world needs more people just like her. We all need to, yeah, get off every now and then, right? Right. Keeps us, keep the pressure down, right? You know, you don't want to be all backed up like a clogged up pipe. You know, when the pressure hits at the right point, implosion, right? We don't want that. So uh, what she does is, you know, I guess saving humanity. She's a regular superwoman, if you ask me. And that is all sincerity there. Um, but but like no other creative minds we come to know and love through Vigilantes Radio, Sharon has found her way into our little internet hub in the wall. Let's welcome Sharon Summers onto our show. Sharon, how's it going tonight? Just fine. Thank you very much for having me. I liked what you said about the unclogging pipes and stress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is important to keep those pipes unclogged. This is true. And everybody unclogs their pipes, don't they? And yeah. It, yeah, you're right. That is so true. Masturbation uh, uh, a habit that most of us have. And need to continue. Absolutely. It'll, it'll we the, might uh, as well enhance it as best we can and make it as enjoyable as we can and as much variety as we can. Yes, I totally agree. Makes the world much better place, you know. So um, coffee breaks at work, they should have masturbation breaks. Think how much less stress people would have. Hey, you may be onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have those uh, what, what they call those rooms, um, the quiet break rooms. rooms, break yeah. rooms, or something. They should have like masturbation lounges or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Productivity would go through the roof, wouldn't it, if it, everybody it was all relaxed and calm? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. So, Sharon, it is so nice to meet you and have you on tonight. I have to mention before we even get started here, I'm excited to see what you have to say through the interview. And uh, first impressions are always huge with me. Um, I like people to make an impression. Uh, Let me tell you this. I was ecstatic to know we were working together um, the minute after touching bases through your freelance services. My first question to you is, who are you? And how did Climax uh, Connections come to be? Well, I'm a phone sex operator for just over eight years. And when I started, and I wasn't as busy as I am now, I had lots of time to kill online. And it's like you're just waiting for the phone to ring. And I wasn't doing paid writing then, and I wasn't doing voiceover work then. So I was literally just sitting in front of the computer waiting for the phone to ring. And so I had a lot of time to kill. And I had just gotten a computer less than a year before. I wasn't very adept at using one and so I thought well what can I do to kill the time I spent tons of time on Yahoo Answers (laughs) once I achieved the top level there it's like okay what else can I do so I started to wander into chat rooms and I would be chit-chatting away with these these guys and and I thought this was really interesting but sometimes the chat software programs are glitchy and they can go down for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and then you're left not knowing what to do with your time again and so I thought there really should be a site where there's a nicely done chat software program available that's got profile pages, member contributed, erotic short stories and audios, a forum for people to post their questions and things. And so the idea for Climax Connection came when one of these chat sites was down yet again, and I thought, God, this is really a pain to have to keep searching for a new site when one is down, and I thought, 
I will be able to do this right. And now I have this beautiful website. It's just not that well known about. So it's like the greatest kept secret on the Internet, and I had it done all very nicely and classy. So many adult sites are quite tacky, and they're Mm -hmm. done on the cheap, and they're done glitchy, and that's why they go down for days and weeks or months at a time. And I thought, I want a site that is stable, where people don't need to worry, oh, is Climax going to be down for, you know, the next two weeks or something? That never happens on my site. I wanted to make sure that I had it done, and done properly and something that I could be very proud of where people could successfully search for mutual masturbation partners, whether mm-hmm. they like phone sex or cyber sex or webcam sex or just trading naughty messages with each other. I wanted a site where they could do it all. Definitely. And I checked it out. It looks great. It looks Thank great. You. The layout is wonderful. Um, like you. you said, most of them are real tacky, but yeah. yours is classy I and a lot, that. lots and lots yeah. of future features and uh, activities going on? Well, like I said, a lot of people really just do stuff tacky and they don't do it properly. It takes time and it takes a lot of money, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, to do things properly. And I can understand somebody just wants to toss up some cookie cutter site in a couple of weeks and it's not going to work very well and it may be on, it may be offline. You just don't know. You can't rely on it. People can rely on my site that it's going to be there and it's going to work. And I've done the best that I can. And even though I'm an adult and a lot of people and businesses and websites and everything else are tacky and I am the antithesis of tacky everything I like to touch I want it to have class whether it has to do with erotica or sensuality or masturbation just because something is erotic or sensual it doesn't have to be tacky and cheesy and and poorly done things can still be done nicely yes I agree so what made uh, voice acting something you wanted to to do for yourself so badly? Well, unfortunately, like a lot of women that got into phone sex, that's not to say all of them, but a lot of them, it's kind of a last chance job. When if you don't have a college education, you don't have a lot of work experience, or some women may have disabilities or they may have a lot of kids to look after at home, you need something that works at home. And so I I needed a job from home. And so I started into phone sex for financial desperation, like a lot of women. And then after I'd been doing it for about six months, people kept telling me about my voice, my voice. It's like I used to sing when I was in school, so I knew I had a better than average voice. But it's I've often said it's like Superman if he didn't find out he knew how to fly until he was middle-aged. It's like, I've had this voice all along, but I didn't know that it had this power. And so people started to ask me that I would chat with online, well, why don't you make some recordings? Why don't you just write something up? Why don't you post this? you know, this site where you can upload audios. And so I did, and I was kind of nervous because I had no idea what kind of feedback I'd be getting, but oh my goodness, I got incredible feedback from these erotic audios. So people kept saying, make more, make more, make more. And so I have another site that's a free site called sexychatwithsharon.com, and there's almost 300 audios on there that I've done. And I post all my audios on there. Most clients will allow me to post the ones that I do for them, not all of them. Them, so I can't post those. But after I'd been posting them for free on some of these erotic short story sites, I had my phone sex clients already. And I would mention this, you know, oh, I've been making these 
audience and they say, oh, well, gee, I wrote up this erotic story a few years ago. Would you narrate that for me? Oh, wow. Okay, sure. So it started very innocently out of what I was already doing with the phone work. And so now I've got several sites that I offer voiceover work on. And I do vanilla voice work as well. Everything I do isn't just adult. I do lots of answering machine greetings for companies. And there was an audio book that I did that some man sold on Amazon, a self-help book. So there's been several things that I've done that are non-adult as well. But most of the voiceover work that I do is people that have written stories themselves on their fantasies that they spun into a little story. Or else some of them have even paid professional writers to craft a story around their fantasy. And then they will send it to me. And some of them are as short as 10 minutes. Others have been three hours long. And I will make these and send them to them, and and they pay for them, and and I'm very happy to do them. I I really enjoy doing the erotic recordings very much. All right. Man, that's that's a sure way to find a talent and then, you know, to say, hey, maybe this can be a business. Yeah, it always seems to start innocently enough. The paid writing that I do for adult websites, these blogs that attract uh, the readers to call the the women on different phone sex sites, and I've done writing for sex toy sites and whatnot. One of the phone sex companies that I'm with, as well as having my own line at erotictalkphonesex.com, there's lots of companies that girls usually take calls from as well, in addition to their own lines, and there was this forum board that's sponsored by one of the companies, and the owner was looking for recordings that they could play for guys that wanted to call in that didn't necessarily want a live call with a girl, but they'd like to listen to a sexy audio. So I allowed them to post some of these audios of mine so that their callers can listen to them. And after I had you know, done this deal with him, he said, did you write the material in these audios? And I said, yes. And he said, well, one of our sites we're going to be needing some bloggers on. Would you be interested in doing some blogging several days a week? And I said, okay, I'd never tried it. And I've been writing for that company for on and off for about six or seven years now. So there's several phone sex companies and other operators that I write for. And these blogs are like usually between 250 and 500 words. And it's just like a sexy little scene that will entice the reader to get a little bit riled up because they're pretty graphic. It's a nice sex scene. And then mm-hmm. they'll say, oh, that, that was really hot. I want to call this girl and talk about it. So <laughs> I do all kinds of writing like that as well. So between the writing and the phone work and the voiceover work, I'm kept fairly busy and with Climax Connection as well since I do a lot of the things on that site. And I own several websites, but those are the big ones that I own. So I'm always kept busy with something. Okay. And I'm not sure um, if if school or uh, education was uh, a part of, you know, your journey at the same time. But looking back on the pursuit of education from where you are now, Sharon, do you ever feel like you wish you had spent more time focusing on uh, voice acting? Or or even if you were in a a profession at the time, do you feel like um, you wish you would have spent more time focusing on voice acting instead? Or were you able to concentrate on both or whatever you was doing? at the beginning without any problems? Well, I finished high school. I never went to college. I wasn't a school type of person. I really disliked school. It wasn't that I was dumb or that I couldn't pass. I did okay in in school when I was in it, but I really didn't enjoy it. Not everybody is set for a structured environment like that. Mm -hmm. Some people are not going to do well in a school environment. Some people are not going to do well in a military environment. Every environment is not going to suit all people, and I'm not a school person. So I really never saw myself going to university or anything. I just didn't like it enough to do that. So after I finished school, I, I looked after my grandmother 
at home. And then once she passed away was when I got into this work. So it didn't, I wasn't involved in any other schooling or job or anything at the same time. It's like I just went from not working ever in my whole life to being thrown into phone sex and then the audio stuff and then the writing shortly. After that, you really have a lot of free time to kill when you're at this job because mm-hmm. it's not a nine-to-five job. You can, uh, I mean, some companies require shifts, but I couldn't be at a company like that. I, I don't like structure. I like freedom to be able to yes. log in and out when I want, be available when I want or not. I have a lot of free time, and because the way that calls come in, they come in throughout the day. There can be hours between calls, so you have a fair amount of free time. So it's like I can easily make an audio between calls without having to log out or anything, and then if the phone rings while well, I make one, I just resume making it when the call is over. So you can just stop and start what you're doing. The same with writing. I can be writing away, and if the phone rings, then I just resume the writing when the call's over. It's not difficult to fit in all these different things. Yes, I totally agree about um, the structure thing, college settings, I guess you can say. Yeah. Uh, it was boring, so I dropped out mm-hmm. pretty early works for some but not for everybody and there's people that are quite successful that never even went to college granted that's not the everyday example but those examples definitely exist you don't always have to have some kind of degree to be successful you're absolutely right and I feel like there's so many things that I could ask you and in my research um, you've mentioned three major portions of your life being psychic experiences uh, a cook a baker homemaker gardener (laughs) blogger You've investigated all my sites, haven't you? (laughs) Yes, yes. I've got to do my job. You have definitely followed the links. I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about here. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've read everything. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. You followed the links. You did your research. Mm -hmm. I do love to cook and bake. Yes, you obviously saw my cooking blog, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yes. I used to actually, from the time I was a child and in my teens, was always, always cooking and baking. And in my teens, a lot of people assumed I would go into catering because I was doing it so much. But there's no way that I could be on my feet that amount of time. My hat's off to people that have to work on their feet, walking around and doing stuff. I just couldn't do it full time. There's no way. I just My feet and my back would not tolerate that. But I do love to cook and bake, and I am good at that. And it's totally removed and separate from the adult thing. The psychic experiences that I've had, yes, when I was younger, I definitely had a lot more. I think now, because I stay logged on for calls when I'm asleep, my sleeping has really taken a hit since I got into this job because it's like every time you just get into a sleep there the phone rings and you're waking mm-hmm. out and it really affects your dream life it really does I noticed my dream life virtually seemed to go away I know that you still dream you just don't have the, the clear recollection of them when your sleeping patterns are always being wakened up every couple of hours it's probably not the healthiest way to be but a lot of girls in this business do that so you're just getting wakened up and you're used to just sleeping fairly lightly yeah. but yes in my past, I have had some psychic dreams that did come true, and unfortunately, some of the ones were not very pleasant oh. that came true. And I think a lot of the reason that people fear psychic abilities is because a lot of the times the negative outweighs the positive in the things that you remember, and you will remember a bad 
thing that you dreamt about rather than a good thing. I mean, if everybody was thinking, oh, I'm going to win the lottery next year, everybody would be wanting to have these prophetic dreams if everything was positive. I'm going to meet the man of my dreams. I'm going to win the lottery. That would be fantastic. But unfortunately, lots of times when you do have those sorts of dreams, they can be about scary things or very bad things, things that are very upsetting. You wake up crying, very awful things. That's why I think a lot of people focus that it's negative, it's bad. You know, you shouldn't focus on, you know, going to fortune tellers or or any kind of this prophetic stuff. It's bad, it's evil, because so much of it that you remember is the negative stuff rather than the positive. That's right. Do you consider yourself a psychic? No, I really wouldn't. I have had a good handful or two of dreams in my life that have come true. Some of them have been neutral. A couple of them were very negative. I definitely will get feelings about things that have turned out to be true, but a lot of people will think, oh, I've been thinking about this person, and then they call you or something. So they've been on your mind. Lots of times people have those day-to-day experiences where you just think, oh, this person's going to call me, or, and, and there they are. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself psychic enough that I would do readings or anything. Unfortunately, there are so many people out there that are looking to scam people, that are true yeah. charlatans. I'd say out of the ones that call themselves a psychic, I'd say 95% of them are actually not. They're just <laughs> trying to do a cold reading on somebody just to get money. I right. believe that that is most of them. But there are genuinely some people that have that gift. I have been to several psychic readers in my life. There was only a couple of them that were decent. One of them especially was very good. And it's funny, so many of the things that she said didn't come true for many years after she said them, like about eight, ten years. So it was a fair length of time. And when people go to get a reading, they want to know what's going to happen in six months, in a year, not eight, ten years down the road. As the things happened in my life that this woman had told me, and I had them recorded on little cassette tapes when I went to go see her many years ago. And I thought, wow, she she really saw that. And that was many years ago. And they weren't general things. They were very specific things to me. I do know that there are people that have that talent, but they are in the very, very, very small minority of ones claiming to be a real psychic. And it sounds like you have a very, very deep intuition. Um, Can you describe your earliest phone erotica memory? Were they good ones, bad experiences? I'm sure you learned a lot and mastered the art of it all by now. I can remember my very first phone sex call that I had oh. for business eight just over eight years ago. September was my uh, eight-year anniversary. And I had never had phone sex in my life until this first business call. I was as green as they come. And I remember it so well. And it was this man at this company that I started at. They've long since closed. But this man called me. The the first day I was logged in, I didn't get any calls. But then the next day, this man called me. And I remember it was a 58-minute long call. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be raking in the money. This is going to be so easy. Well, now I realize it's rare that you get calls that long. They happen. But most calls are going to be in the 5- to 15-minute range. And so, I, of course, being new, you don't know. I didn't know anybody. Nobody had told me. This is the average length of calls. I just had no idea. And this man called me up, and he wanted to talk about him and me and another man with the emphasis 
on him and the other man. And oh, I was so, man. I just, I was so shocked at this conversation <laughs> of him and this other man. And it's like, uh, he called regularly about every three or four weeks for the four years that I was at that company. And it was always the same call every single time with him and me and the other man. And it was funny. It's like, you can just go on autopilot because you know exactly where they want it to go. You know how it's going to end. It, oh, that wow. really surprised me when I started was how many men, the majority just basically want the same call over and over and over again. They don't want something mm. different every time. Sometimes they do, but not usually. But I remember that call very well. And because even though I wasn't really interested in, you know, him and the other man, because I had never had any kind of a phone conversation like this, I remember I was wet after the call. And oh, it was wow. really funny to me. And it's like, I thought, wow, I mean, it didn't turn me on, but it's like your body's sort of betraying you. It's like yeah. just the, the graphic <laughs> descriptions that are going on. And it was really funny. And there's been several people that have asked me over the years, you know, when you started, did you used to get very horny and did you get wet all the time? And it's like, when you start, it's like your body sort of takes over. And for mm -hmm. about the first couple of months, I was wet all the time. It was bizarre. It's like I was always putting Kleenex between my legs because I was wet all the time. It was so ridiculous. Even though what they're saying is not turning you on, it's just if you're, when your mind starts to picture these things that they're saying, it's like this movie's yeah. going in your head. And it's mm -hmm. like even though it's not personally your own fantasy, something happens. It's bizarre. And then after about the couple of months point, it starts to swing the other direction. And unfortunately, it can really curb your libido and people right. don't ever think that they think oh my god you must be horny all the time well if you could hear these calls you would not be horny but yeah. when you first start out it's something new and it's different and it's just your body takes over it really is funny it really is <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned that um that you're not you know always inclined to be horny by doing this so i know this might be looked at as only as a job but is there a certain aspect to your services that you feel a stronger connection with than others and why might oh, that be yes girls definitely have their preferences for calls some hmm. women are naturally more dominant and they seem to be the you know dominatrix type that's not me ah. i'm more the general middle of the road i like the girlfriend experience type of calls and those are only a small portion of calls. Most guys are looking for some kind of fetish thing or they've got a specific fantasy that they want to discuss. But the ones that are really looking for the virtual girlfriend, some of them really like to get intimate and they say, will you tell me that you love me? And I don't mind doing that. Some girls won't do it. They find that is a line that they don't want to cross. I, on the other hand, look at it like an actress reading her lines. The actress yeah. doesn't really love her leading man, but in the movie, she's saying that she does. So I don't have a problem doing that. And some guys will tell me in the heat of their masturbatory passion, I love you, I love you. They'll say, will you tell me you love me? And I'll say, yes, I love you, honey, I do. Some of them really like that. And some of them will get into impregnation and breast milk and very intimate lovey-dovey type of calls. Those are my favorite ones. Mm. And yet I know some girls that those are their least favorite ones because they do feel like the guy is too close and they don't like that. They want to maintain some kind of a wall, which I can understand. Yeah. But with me, I'm always more down to earth and reality based. And that doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Those are my favorite types of calls. Definitely. Great customer service means repeat customer. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've still got ones from the company that I started that closed, and once they closed, and I was able to give them the information to my own line, there was maybe about eight guys that came from that company that I started at that are still with me, and it is only ever a couple of days between when I hear from one of them. And they are so loyal to me, those guys that I've had for eight years, just over eight years, and I am still in contact with them all the time. And that really means a lot to me, that they mm-hmm. came with me that way to my own line. So you can definitely hold on to guys for a long time as a client if you give them what they want. And my regular callers that call at least once a month get free Christmas and birthday calls. I really oh, wow. treat my guys well. I, I want them to keep coming back. And and I don't hear other girls doing these kinds of things. And, you know, I just like to keep everybody happy so that they always want to come back. Definitely grade A. So how do you see your own role in the erotica scene, Sharon? Are you here to change things, uh, contribute to it, exist in it? How do you uh, fit into it all? But I like the way how you do your customer service. I think that's pretty unique because you said not other girls are doing that. No, a lot of girls don't like to give away anything for free, which I can understand. They just are very business-minded. And I understand the absolute sense of keeping business and personal private and separate. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that, though. Unfortunately, I have crisscrossing all over going on. Sometimes if I like a client too much, I'll turn them into a personal for free partner. That usually doesn't work out, but it has happened for sure. Those, those are lines that some girls don't ever, ever cross. It just is a non-option in their mind at all. And I, I just think, why? People meet at work. You can mm-hmm. meet somebody that you really like at work. It doesn't mean that they're not somebody that is only ever, ever going to be a client. That Some girls, they just will never cross that line. I know a couple of girls, a couple of cam girls that their clients are now their boyfriends. And it's like some girls are horrified oh, wow. at that. They are absolutely beyond horrified that they went that far. I know somebody that married a client. I mean, those, those are the rare Jeez. exceptions. But they do happen once in a blue moon. How is my role in erotica? How can I change things? I consider myself like a phone sex ambassador. I guess that sort of sounds ridiculous. No, I think that's about right. It's a fantastic (laughs) hobby. It really will enhance your masturbation experience. And if you try it once or twice and you don't like it, sometimes people will say, well, I tried it. I, I didn't like it. I think they just didn't have a good experience. They didn't choose the right person. And whether they're looking for a paid professional to help them with their fantasy or a guy in a chat room that's looking for somebody to actually mutually masturbate with. They're very different experiences because so many people have asked me over the years, you know, you've got Climax Connection where people are looking for free masturbation partners. Isn't this in competition with you having a paid line? You know, people won't pay you if, if they get it for free in a chat room. They don't realize that most clients are never going to find what they want for free in a chat room. And mm-hmm. most guys in a chat room are never going to find what they want in a paid call. They're different animals entirely. When a guy calls a line that has a specific fetish or a specific fantasy, it's a myth that most guys are calling in expecting to hear a woman masturbate an orgasm. That is not the goal of most. That's not to say that all of them, some of them are delusional and they think that's going to happen, but most of them have a fantasy that is very specific to them. They can't tell their wives. They 
they can't tell their girlfriends because they wouldn't understand, mm. or else they have something to confess. You know, I gave a guy a blowjob last night that I met, you know, in a parking lot that I picked up on Craigslist. They're not going to be going home and tell their wife about that stuff, are they? They need somebody to confess to. And they want somebody that is used to hearing these kinds of things, that is used to being able to handle them. That's why guys are calling paid lines. They have things they need to work out. It's almost like a sexual psychiatrist kind of way. Hmm. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And a guy in a chat room is usually looking for somebody to genuinely masturbate with him. That's what they want. They want somebody to come with them. If they're calling a paid line, the chances of that actually happening are almost zero. That's a myth. Most women play along. I can play along if the guy wants it, but I'm usually up front. You know, this this isn't happening. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to masturbate, but I'm here to help you to the very best of my ability and talk naughty and get you off and everything else. So they're very different sets of criteria that these men are looking for that want the mutual partner and ones that want basically the sexual psychiatrist to help Mm -hmm. them as best they can. And speaking of hobbies, defining your own way, Sharon, what is the relationship between money and hobbies? Oh, goodness. Sometimes I think if I didn't like phone sex so much personally, I'd probably make more money because Mm. I don't have that money-hungry, go-get-em attitude that some women do, especially the ones that are the dominatrixes. You know, my hat's off to them. They definitely can really rake it in, but they're not involved personally in any level. They really aren't. They look at it as business, and that's all they are interested in. I like it personally, and I slide between the two. I, I go back and forth between personal and professional. There's definitely been clients, like I said, that I've turned personal. I think Climax is great. Once in a while, I will get a guy that will do a paid call from there, but very seldom, usually a handful of times a year, because most guys, like I said, are there looking for mutual fun. They're not looking for a paid experience. But some guys will say, oh, yeah, years ago I called an operator and, and we talked a few times, but I haven't done that in many years. And, you know, if I decide to do that again, maybe I'll give your line a call. So it does happen, but I do have that going back and forth between the personal and the professional that a lot of women don't. They really see it very black and white. This mm. is what I do for work. And these people are not going to be involved in my personal life in any way. I'm never going to masturbate with them. That's just not an option. I'm not going to give them my Skype and chit-chat with them for free. And that's just, it's a different mindset. But there are some, like I said, that they have crossed that line and others that will never do it. Okay. And uh, how about stardom and celebrity recognition? Your voice is recognized in certain places. Um, Is this something that you've ever thought of in the pursuit of your art? Oh, gosh. I'm almost afraid when I go out in public to talk anymore loud because I think somebody's (laughs) going to recognize my voice. I'll be at the bank or somewhere. Is it Sharon? Is that you? That voice. (laughs) Say something. No oblong glass. No oblong glass. I don't speak English. No. Oh, I, I always worry that that may happen if I'm out. But uh, you know, I guess I'm not speaking loudly enough in front of crowds of people that anybody can recognize my voice. But it's funny to me. I often think these answering machine greetings that I do, where I'm saying, you know, press one to connect to marketing. You know, I'm I'm always thinking, is anybody going to listen to that? That thinks I know that voice. Yeah, that voice is giving me happens. a hard on. Where have I heard it before? Right. It's really funny. <laughs> but uh, oh, celebrities, That even though this isn't your direct question, I'm always thinking, when am I going to get my celebrity client? Because there's some girls that have them. And, of course, mm. you can't reveal who's calling you. That's a, a privileged thing. And some will say, oh, I've got a newscaster. 
I've got somebody that's on a primetime show. I've got a politician. It's like, who? Who is it? And I keep thinking, why hasn't any celebrity called me? It's just, it's funny the way that some of them will, and some companies will even make the girls sign non-disclosure agreements, everything. I mean, they, they take it seriously. It's like, I haven't gotten my celebrity yet. Tom Cruise has, has yet to call me, I'm telling you. How do you know, though? good ear for voices so unless okay. they're putting on uh, unless they're putting on a fake voice some clients will have a voice that will remind me of an actor and i've even said to several of them you know your voice really reminds me of something but i mean in today's world where a guy can easily just buy a prepaid card and i just enter john smith yeah. it could be a celebrity how would i know unless i mm-hmm. recognize their voice i wouldn't because it's easy to do that so you don't always have to know somebody's real name i mean it's very easy to get a prepaid card. People do it all the time. So maybe I have. Maybe I have had somebody and I just have not recognized their voice. But it would be sort of fun. Not that I'm not impressed with celebrity because I don't really watch movies or TV. I think it's just more the idea that this is somebody that everybody knows. Everybody, if you say, oh, Tom Cruise, you know, Tom Hanks, whoever, everybody knows who these people are. It's like, I have spoken to that person and drained their balls. <laughs> So this, this, is, this is what I'm thinking of, you know, where is my celebrity? I need one. I'll never tell anybody who you are. I just, uh, it would be a real neat secret to have. <laughs> Definitely. So is there a way for you, Sharon, um, to break through those um, perceptions and uh, preconceived notions about erotica voice acting and to head forward and break through to the next level of mainstream success and other arenas of voice acting? That's an interesting question. One thing that I would really like to get on is that Audible, where the people do the voice of the audio mm. book, but unfortunately they do not take Canadians. They take Americans, and they take ones from England, but they do not take Canadians. So I can't even sign up for that. So these are the outlets that a lot of people that do erotic uh, book reading and things are able to do and I can't even sign up for that that's just not an option for Canadians at this point for some reason I don't know why like I said I've got several sites I've got customvoicerecordings.com and eroticaudiorecordings.com where I have samples of my voice and I've got all the information, how much I charge and everything that people would need to know if they want to order an audio. And people do find them. If they type in the search terms, they definitely find them. I do wish I had more of that work. Like I said, I probably honestly prefer doing the voice stuff to the phone calls because once a call is over, it's over. I never mm-hmm. record them. Hopefully they're not recording them. So once you hang up the phone, it's over. There's nothing left but a handful of cum in the guy's hand. But when you make an audio, you've produced that. You can, I can post that on my site. I can post the story that goes with it. I really feel like I've created something mm-hmm. when I have an audio. But once a call's done, it's gone forever. Okay. Audible is being very, very racist. I'm about to write them a letter. And <laughs> that they're anti-Canadian for some yeah. reason, yes. Do not block the Canadians. I don't know. I've tried other voice sites, and I haven't really had much luck on them. I have much more luck on people finding my site, which is probably better because I'm getting the majority of the cut. I mean, I have to give my payment processor a cut of each, you know, transaction. But when you're on one of those sites, they're going to get probably the lion's share Mm -hmm. of what it is. And a lot of those work on a commission basis. So it's like you could do this audio and spend hours creating it and it may only ever sell one copy or maybe even none. Because Mm -hmm. the way those sites work is you get a percentage of each sale. 
So it's like you can be cranking these things out until there's no tomorrow, but if you're not really selling that many of them, you're spending a lot of time on something on the hopes of a future sale and get that small commission. So I do wish my own site was busier so that I'd be getting you know, these sizable ones. And I like these longer ones that guys send me that are like one to three hours long, some mm. of them. And it's like they'll take me the better part of a week to do those. It's like I'll cut it into sections and I'll do, mm-hmm. you know, say about a 15-minute section at a time. And then once each little section is finished and edited and piece them all together, it doesn't matter how long a project is because I break it into segments. It's not as overwhelming. So somebody could give me a project that's 10 hours long. It might take me a month to do it, but I'd be able to get it done. And, and was there anything that you have learned from your uh, previous experiences that has helped you get a better head start when recording the new ones that you do now? Those oh, clips. I record every couple of days, yeah. Okay. I, I make erotic recordings a couple of times a week, yes. I'm going to make two later tonight, actually, that clients have sent me this week. I really wish that I had n- known sound editing when I started because that has saved me so much time. I'm no sound editing expert, but I know enough now to make it a more polished product. When I think of how easy it is now to snip out a mistake and redo a sentence or something and put it in, when I started and I didn't know how to edit at all, if I stumbled on a word in the last paragraph... I had to do the whole thing over again. I could practically cry when I think of how many times I'd be doing some audio that would be like a half an hour, and it's like the level of concentration, I was practically just crawling out of my skin. It was so intense. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Because if you make a mistake, you have to start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Obviously, if anybody knows any sound editing at all, you don't need to do that. You just need to redo the part that you stumbled on. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really makes me sad when I think how I suffered at the beginning when I made some of those audios because I can definitely think of times when literally the last sentence, the last paragraph, I would make a mistake and I would have to do it all over. And now I can just clip it out put a new little piece in, and and there it is. So that definitely has saved me so much time. But you have to learn as you go. Nobody taught me anything. I am self-taught for everything that I've done, and that has made me so proud. I don't have any friend that has shown me how to use the computer or anything. I never even had a computer until January of 2008. That's the first computer I ever had in my life. I taught myself how to use it. I taught myself how to record everything I wanted to learn. I had to find it out myself. I can remember when somebody asked me to send them the URL in the browser bar to send them a link to something, and I didn't even know how to do that. I was typing it out manually. Oh, oh my no. God, when I think I was bad. <laughs> and I've come so far, and that's not to say I'm any computer expert, I'm not, to think that every single thing I've done, I've had to teach myself. I have so much pride in that. And I yeah. think in eight years, I've come pretty far. I've got several websites. Oh, yeah. I, I do what I do for work and the recordings and everything. And I've taught myself all of it. So I'm very proud of that. Nobody edits for me or does this stuff for me. I do every little thing myself. That is great and inspirational at the same time. 
Jeez. I've had to be. I never went yeah. to college. I, I don't have, a, I'm not a high energy person. I told myself from day one that failure was not an option. That if I failed at this job, even though when I started, I was crying for like three days because before I started, because I thought it was going to be the most disgusting, degrading, awful thing that I could do other than standing out on a street corner. But I told myself, you've never gone to college. You don't have any work experience at all. You would be lucky if McDonald's or Walmart would hire you so you have to make this work Mm -hmm. and i make a lot more than people that work at mcdonald's and walmart and i've had to you know claw my way to the top my own so i'm very proud of that and to this day i i do not let myself take days off i have not taken one day off since I started over eight years ago. Now, that sounds more grueling than it is, because like I said, there's hours sometimes between calls. Mm -hmm. But I have never taken even one day off, not even a Christmas. I can remember a Christmas day that I spent on a call for two hours listening to some guy go on about another guy's cock from ten years before that he was (laughs) obsessed about and couldn't stop thinking about. And I thought, my God, this is a bizarre way to spend Christmas. I always tell myself, you know, if you want to fix up your house, if you want to buy this, if you want to buy that, if you want to keep a roof over your head, you are going to have to work and work hard to do it. You Mm -hmm. do not want to be at McDonald's or Walmart. That is some great advice. Um, So listeners, whenever you get this recording, you you should like just jot down everything she just said and put it on your mirror. If you're thinking about quitting that job so you can start your adventure in erotica voiceovers or or anything, any business, what she just said is tremendous. And that's the thing that I live by. All right, Sharon, I had a busy week um, beforehand, uh, and I feel like I was very late in getting the interview script to you. So certainly you have my apologies for that. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, flying by the seat of your pants. It can make things a little bit more exciting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So here's one for you to make up for me being so late. Um, Tell us every single site to where new fans and people wanted to check out your voice and work should go to find you. Oh, thank you. Well, my free adult community website with chat room and profile pages and forums and stories and audios is called ClimaxConnection.com. For ones looking for paid phone sex services where they would like to speak to me personally and have a naughty call, that would be EroticTalkPhoneSex.com. My site of almost 300 erotic audios, all free to listen to, is SexyChatWithSharon.com. Ones that are looking to have a paid audio created for themselves is EroticAudioRecordings.com. And for vanilla ones, CustomVoiceRecordings.com. And hopefully somebody will uh, join up to Climax after listening to this or maybe give me a paid call or order an audio. I'm very glad to help them in any way that I can. All right. Sounds awesome. So, Sharon, I just want to uh, thank you one more time for doing this interview with us. I had a great experience learning about you and your uh, luscious voice. Well, <laughs> The incredible you. life that you've been uh, leading and will surely continue on to lead. Uh, writing this interview truly made me think about the relationship to ourselves that we all must have. Masturbation right, is a very important part of life. We all need to enjoy it. It is. It definitely is. On behalf of myself, Danny Mussolini, I appreciate you guys for tuning in either afterwards or live with us. Spread the word. Also, another special thanks to our guest tonight, Sharon Summers, for joining us tonight. And we stepped our game up just for you guys to make sure that our guests and our listeners have the best experience here on our show. Okay, well, just remember to be yourself and be absolutely freaking great at it. Peace.
and good night.